First off, I've been thinking, and I think Easter is the weirdest holiday because it's like a religious celebration that they've cut with a bunny that gives you candy. And I feel like I want that for more religious holidays. I want all of America to celebrate Ramadan, but it's like a month <laughs> where like a giant friendly crocodile <laughs> like brings you cheeseburgers. Right. And it's just like a month long thing. Every month it's just <laughs> like, oh, we have to eat the crocodile cheeseburgers. It's it's so special. See, Don't I was going to go in a completely different direction with that. Okay. <sighs> I was thinking that on President's Day, a man dressed as like an eagle just comes into your house and demands money from you. I like it. Uh, no, it's like, it's, this is just an excuse for like furries to take over every single holiday. It's like... I, I see now. This is... This is the furry insidious. This is the furry <laughs> conspiracy. I think a friend of mine brought up like this furry conspiracy. Let me look it up. Furry feline world order. <laughs> but it's a good concept. I like that every holiday now has like like a football mascot. To to me, it's it's specifically important that we add this to all the religious holidays. Oh, I see. Just like a Yom Kippur. Uh, Kippur. The Passover you, otter. I was just thinking an otter. The Passover otter. I think I, I think it's amazing how our brains immediately went there. Because when I think Passover, I think an otter uh, that gives you dollar store electronics. <laughs> See, I was thinking an otter that eggs your house if you don't um, put paint it in sheep's blood. I think that's 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 good, too. I mean, See, that's Passover. interesting because it's easier to clean egg off your house than blood. So if the people who do have the blood on their house are really, you know, they mean it. Yeah. They're really into it. Well, what if he and gives the, you dime store electronics or eggs your house? Well. <laughs> he's like Santa Claus. He like He's like Santa Claus if you're a good, good Jew and you paint your house with ram's blood. You he get a Juicero. <laughs> yeah. You get a fucking outdated piece. Of, you get a Tamagotchi pet, but like one from the 90s that's run out of batteries. and <laughs> Like a Tamagotchi pet that's already dead <laughs> is what you get. The, the, those things in the 90s, those things were dead too. It was funny. That was so emotionally I, upsetting as a child. Yeah, I agree that... Those things, it's not like, I don't, I, I never really had one, but it seemed like those things, were, it was not entirely clear what you were supposed to do, and it was always, like, felt like it was distressed or dying, and then since they're children, yeah. and they just leave it, they just pick it up, and it's dead. <laughs> and they're just like, wow, you killed your, your pet. Yeah. Now in the instruction booklet, I says it says I have to cut off your pinky to punish you, but... <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. I am your host, Alton. This is my co-host, Reese. Hello, I am Reese. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 
I don't know what's wrong with you <laughs> to to make that decision, but I, I support it. You're with friends. Me and Alton, we met each other. We bonded because we just have a lot of problems, uh, but less uh, than than others. So I think that's the audience that we're going for here. Just playing one video game will pretty much completely indoctrinate you to the tenets of fascism. But we're here standing guard at the gates, keeping you poor, vulnerable gamers from slipping into an ideological cesspit of involuntary celibacy and <laughs> being afraid of brown people. I mean, let's let's get real. A lot of people play video games, but I feel what's not represented in a lot of video game media is the fact that video games and the people who play them are just absolute garbage. And <laughs> it, if you find somebody in your day-to-day -day life who's like really all about playing video games, you have to give them like a second or third glance before you're willing to bring down your guard in front of them because you know that they're just posting on our Kotaku in action that race science is real, um, that your username is transgender slurs are good. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's you probably already have three or four people like that in your life you're trying to get rid of. You don't need another gamer in your life. Your screen name is Master Chief... 69, two genders. <laughs> you're, you're not allowed into the Master Chief program until you're, uh, you, you say that there are only two genders and one of them is better. Uh, which gender is the correct one? There is Ooh. a right answer to get into the suit. The suit that jacks you off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we should probably delve into that in that it's a canonical that his suit has sexual stimulators, which are uh, evidently to relieve the stress of battle or whatever. Because, you know, the, the thing I need after, a, after you know, a life and death situation is for my suit to suck me off. No, during. During. I think that if, I, if there was a suit to suck off American soldiers, the Iraq <laughs> war might have not even happened. Maybe they would have considered <laughs> but what we whether need... or not there were actually weapons of mass destruction or if we were just being, uh, being misled by George W. Bush, uh, our uh, I think... most charismatic president. So I, I, I feel like on the one hand it would be good to have like a suit that any kind of time a politician starts recommending that we take a course of action uh, via warfare, it like sucks them off, will like distract them. But simultaneously, I'm also worried that that will become like a Pavlovian conditioning, <laughs> where, <laughs> well, where they start to associate a war with sexual pleasure. I mean, more than they do already. That that doesn't happen <laughs> right now. Um, <laughs> there's no connection between sex and violence. Anybody who says that there is, uh, is a cop. Pretty much. So let's go into our first topic. We're going to talk okay. about, we're just going to talk about Vermintide 2, because it's a good game. We've both played it. And that, the fact that we enjoy a Warhammer product brings us endless shame. 
upon ourselves and upon our families, our house, lineage. If you haven't played Vermintide 2, if you're not familiar with the uh, Warhammer universe, the Warhammer universe is a world mm. where imagine the Lord of uh, the Rings. You got elves, you got dwarves, you got other little monsters, but each uh, race is just the most fascist version of that race possible. <laughs> the elves are, they were already xenophobic in other works, and now they'll just kill any human on sight. Uh, the humans want to purge uh, any any and all heretics, you know, magic is bad, etc. They have this uh, very fascist, feudalist uh, kind of empire. And uh, the, and interestingly, is the humans and the dwarves do get along. Their views are in alignment. And if the, the dwarves and the humans can work together to get rid of the Beastmen or the, I don't know what else, the Northlanders. I forget what else they hate. They hate everybody. Everybody hates everybody. They, they're fascists. Right. But in Vermintide is a part of the Warhammer universe where at Warhammer decided that since they couldn't copyright elves and dwarves, oh boy. they were going to just end the entire world. And the way that that happens is that these rat creatures just start covering the earth. And I don't, I'm not super in on the lore. Um, there's something to do. There's some kind of chaos demon like involved. The, like the stars and planets are aligning and it's bringing to power the chaos gods. Chaos okay. gods are like the most powerful they've ever been in centuries and they're using the occasion basically to invade Earth or Terra and or whatever it's called. Exactly. And so in the game you play a motley crew of warriors having to fight through the rats that have just overtaken all of what is basically Western Europe. As an aside... I think we're getting too bogged down into like the mechanical details of this game. We need to really. Well, I, I just want people to understand what we're talking about. Right. And when once we we jump into the most important aspect of this, which is uh, which character uh, reflects who we are, and which characters reflect who we see in the world today. Right. It's the fu- the problem is is that that's a joke we came up with like last night when we were talking about doing the pilot, and now it's, it just feels wrong to reuse that joke. I mean, I don't. I the problem is is that I don't have a lot of. I feel like I don't have a lot of material. The I think it's funny to call different people the fat, <laughs> the fat wizard <laughs> enemy, the hail hail scourge burble skew. <laughs> Verbal spew, um, yeah. you know, like like we said, it was the <laughs> he's in appearance, he's Steve Bannon, but in soul, he's Ted Cruz. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would argue that in appearance, that we could make the Ted Cruz comparison work. I mean, absolutely, like the way that. Ted Cruz's awful fat face looks like <laughs> it's melting off of his skull, like he's been burned. <laughs> I mean, he's hideous. I, I, what's the that description of the fairly famous description of him? Like a melted wax jizz candle. <laughs> Sounds about right. 
it's one of those rare occasions where the person on the inside is like perfectly reflected on the outside. That Ted Cruz is like this gross, um, neocon, like ultra conservative, just asshole. And it just it reflects in every aspect of his personality and appearance. And just looks like a semi sentient booger. And he acts I mean, like pretty, I mean, pretty much is just the. the Ted Cruz's life must be when he's not in front of the camera and he has to, you know, a, appear human before otherwise it will all spile out of control. You know, he just cries. Uh, profusively while eating just sticks of butter. The refrigerator <laughs> is nothing but just like you can't even close it and it's like the butter gets smooshed, <laughs> like the sticks get smooshed together. <laughs> and he just has just like various weird, whatever he can grab at the grocery store, just like a loaf, uh, like a baguette, and just like dips it into his like this mess of butter sticks and eats it like he's eating nachos and salsa, uh, <laughs> crying, just thinking about how bitter he is in the world, how he's going to kill them all, how he's going to kill all the poors. So anyways, uh, Ted I mean, Cruz is the fat guy in Vermintide. That was, a lot of, that was a lot of exposition into Ted Cruz and what we think about him. Um, so, you know, we said that Ted Cruz, like, just lives off of small slights and obsesses with things, but he's living rent-free in our heads, and that should disturb everyone. I mean, there's a lot of people living rent-free in my head. It's not a, it's not a good place to be hanging out. It's like, it's like the public. If we believe, were to believe that every person who has ever said bullshit like that is actually living rent-free in your house, your head, then that would be public housing, something that uh, they are completely against. So it makes them hypocrites. <laughs> exactly. I mean, honestly, with most of that, it's just like, these people live rent-free in my head because I'm constantly taking joy and owning them. Only a couple people actually get to me. Yeah, this isn't like rent-free and like, oh, you get like nice public housing. This is rent-free in that, hello, welcome to the Bates Motel, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Only, only, honestly, only eat. Ian Miles Chong, have I looked too deep into the abyss? And I'm just like, oh, this person can't even fucking believe he exists. Oh, let's let's choose who's Ian Miles Chong in the the Warhammer unit. Oh, that's such a good segue. He's gotta be. He's definitely a rat. He, he could definitely be like some kind of rat. But I honestly think that if we're gonna put him as a high above esteem in the tiers of just People who are just in, inordinately just gross. He is Chaos God Nurgle. Who, what, is, what is Nurgle in the Warhammer world? Nurgle, also known as the Plague Lord, is the Chaos God of disease, decay, death, and destruction. In particular, the emotional despair in mortals empowers him. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I'm... I think Ian Miles Chong should sue the Warhammer universe. <laughs> like I, I mean, I obviously I don't support him, but fair is fair. I think that is probably like one of the greatest sentences, just to sum up both Nurgle 
and uh, Ian Miles Chong, the emotional despair of mortals empowers him, including himself. In his mortal form, Nurgle takes the, the, the shape of a large, bespectacled lad covered from head to foot in ants. So here's my pitch. I think that's a good one, but here's my here's the the great Ian Miles Chong, which rat is he debate. Right. He is the packmaster because he the packmaster is a rat that has like a hook and it'll get a hold of you and pull you away from your party members, which can be very troublesome during hordes. You got to kill him immediately. But it's a pointless weak small rat that uses the power of technology to be much more than he is. <laughs> to be much more uh, annoying than he should much be. Much more annoying and divide us, because instead of working together uh, to uh, achieve the goals of, uh, of the left, whatever those may be, we all definitely agree on them, he, we all just we all just share owns on yield Miles Chong. Like and the minute can't focus. Like, um, imagine that the party is like the disparate factions of uh, leftism. You know, you got like like obviously Saltspire's a tanky. Obviously, yes. Sienna's anarchism. Um, I would say Kruber's probably democratic socialism because he's very nice. He's a very nice soft boy. And I don't know. We just make up. Just imagine those are all the various left factions. The in, instant one of them gets uh, attacked by Ian Miles Chong, or in this case, a Packmaster, everyone turns to just own the Packmaster. But I think that's an interesting uh, metaphor that you just bring up because I think that I was thinking that Vermintide is sort of an allegory for accelerationism. It's all these separate factions that would never get along until things get so bad that we all live together and share our food and have one common purpose in our castle on the cliffs and the elf and the uh and the dumb white guy oh, elves are definitely elves are definitely left calm Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what, what are dwarves? Libertarian socialists? Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know if the, the dwarf necessarily embodies, like, he's too... Here's the thing about the dwarf. He's too lighthearted and fun to be any particular uh, leftist ideology. Because when you get right down to it, the thing that we on the left are completely against is fun. I would agree. Fun is problematic. It's ableist. Yeah. Um, some people don't even have fun. And in solidarity some people, some people with those can have people, fun. We, we, don't ha- we choose not to have fun. Exactly. That's, we, we <laughs> have, I have not had fun um, in 25 years. I had fun in my pre-woke period. Those days are, those days are put in the black, the black book of never to be spoken of again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like the idea of a black book where you're like, I'm gonna write this down and then you can't talk about it. No, don't write my name in there, you piece of shit. Or like a death note thing. The problem is like the death note thing, if you're writing like your autobi like your autobiography in Death Note, what it happens, like nineteen ninety two I was born and it's like, oh, I put that date 
into the death book, so I guess 25 years ago, you're dead. The Death Note has, like, a lot of rules, is what I thought was... Yeah, that's true. It's true. So I think it's. I think if you just the first time you wrote your name, it probably would just trigger, and then just kill you in the next couple days. I forget how it worked. Um, Probably. Uh, Anyway, we're getting very off topic. No, let's talk about Death Note a second. Oh um, boy. (laughs) One thing I did appreciate about Death Note, uh, the only thing is that in the first episode, you know, like a lot of fiction, either would be like some struggle. Who do I kill? Why do I want to, you know, it's just that, that more thing. In that first episode, he's just like, I'm going to start filling this book the fuck up and just writes like 30, 40 names. And he's just like, I'm just going to kill criminals who have already been safely. Who've already been like convicted, convicted. and caught. Exactly. Um, and I got to be honest with you. That is the most basic bitch use of the death note I could possibly imagine. Um which is why I turned it off in disgust is because there's, I have no room for basic bitches in my life. Indeed. <laughs> that was a, okay. That was an interesting anecdote. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. I watched the anime, um, because somebody told me, cause I don't, I don't watch a lot of anime. Right. I'm sorry. So sorry to betray our fans, but somebody said the death note anime was really good. Yeah. Cover your bo- the ears of your body pillow. Nerd. <laughs> comes our here comes our opinions, our hot takes on anime. But the second that the, like that chick, who's like entire personality trait that she was in love with our like dour bitch, like death god, uh-huh. uh, is and she's also a model, et cetera, et cetera. Like, listen, I love sexism, but you know, be <laughs> original, be original. It's very. Patently obvious to everyone reading that this is some kind of like masturbatory, um, like fantasy. Like, what if this kid who was really mad got a book that he could write the names of everyone he wanted dead, and also the hottest girl at school was uh, attracted to him, and she no one ever told him that he smelled like Cheetos. I agree wholeheartedly. That's why I'm the only person on Earth that likes the live-action Death Note movie. Because to me, it's it's just as stupid <laughs> as the anime. But William <laughs> Defoe is well, sorry. Willem Defoe is the is the the demon man. And to me, that's like yeah. that's that's one better than the anime. I like that's, it. That is, I had no idea that the live-action version actually had fucking Willem Dafoe in it. Now that I know that, that sounds like ten times better. It's extreme... To me, it's extremely funny uh, in the dumbest (laughs) way, which is, like, the only... Which is the only... The only joy I can get from watching media anymore because the internet and video games have broken my uh, attention span. So, (laughs) so to me, ten out of nine stars. Give it a look-see. I mean, I can't help but imagine him, like... Doing like the Death God, but like in the Green Goblin voice. Mm-hmm. I forget what it is. I think the first time that the Death Note demon starts fucking with him, uh, Light, I think is the hero's name, starts yeah. screaming really high pitched um, for nice. a long time, and it is it's extremely funny. I feel like people are sleeping. 
on the Death Note live action movie. That's um, our first recommendation of the podcast, actually. It's, it goes into the podcast canon. First movie, the Death Note Netflix movie. Don't add us. We will block you, report <laughs> you. Yeah. Cry. Cry ourselves to we sleep. Fr- yeah. The last one, which especially. is my response. My response to any criticism is weeping. Don't do it. Keep it to yourself. I think that's Amen. the most dialectical point made so far. Thank you, Alton. So we have now officially broken the barrier from video games to anime. So now we will, in all future episodes, be bitching about anime. Or maybe even talking about like the one anime we like. Who knows? I, I think the, our last topic for the evening will be Sea of Thieves. Sea otherwise, of Thieves. Otherwise known as a decent game caught in the fucking tentacles of Microsoft's shitty service. But why don't you give us a little bit of overview? Well, I, I think that you're fairly accurate in this whole thing. The, the Microsoft uh, appendage in your orifice element of the game is by far the worst part of it. It is extremely irritating to deal with top to bottom. Um, but that said, I, I kind of love the game. Um, I, I do think that the complaints about the level of content don't apply to me specifically because once you do get in there and you're just cruising with your buds, uh, you know, imbibing substances, screeching about uh, the problems in your life, you know, <laughs> it's just nice to look at the waves and you, just, you hit an island and uh, you, you get some treasure and then some idiot child rams your boat and you lose it all. You know, it's just whatever. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a zen experience. You're having fun. You're drinking. You're playing. Why did the Valkyrie on your accordion? And that's all I've ever wanted from a video game is to be able to do all of those things specifically. <laughs> it's fun and I can... I've played it for a bit. Not as much as Reese. I think the thing is... While it is enjoyable, most certainly with the friend with friends, it's pretty much almost only as enjoyable as the friends that you have with you. Like, it, it's like this game that's composed entirely of other people. You know, it it brings people together and structure creates a structure for interactions to take place, and that's like it almost. Like I mean, I, I would I would agree with that, and I think that that is absolutely. I would say that that's its strength as well as its weakness, because if there was like a whole built up like pirating progression system, I think in some ways it'd be more appealing. Um, I agree that it's kind of pointless to sail by yourself, although you can. Um, I think that the small ship is set up in such a way that it's not a big deal. But I agree it's only really fun when you have, like, a crew of people together and you're just... Because it's not even like the treasure matters. All it buys are cosmetics you can't even see because it's a first-person game. You know, it <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter at all. Um, and that's that, that's its strength to me. It's, like, it's, it's a really beautiful game. It's probably the best water I've ever seen in a game. Um... And uh, I, I just find that to be engaging in a way um, because I like playing with my buddy, playing with you and the, the other people we shall not dox that we play with. 
I feel as though maybe it's just not really the game for me because it's like I enjoyed playing it, but I don't know. Like I can look at it and objectively realize that this is like really empty. There's not a lot going on here in terms of like there's not really a story or a coherent world. It's like you go out into this pretty beautiful wilderness that's like incredibly beautiful but the most shall shallow thing it's just pretty waves and like treasure chests and skeletons i i think that's mostly correct i would say that there is an atmosphere i think that there there should be more of it um and i'm sure that they'll add it but it's okay that there's a, a different kind of experience. And I do think that it works for a lot of people because, like you said, it's a place to have fun with your friends. And I think that that take on the sandbox gameplay, I think, is a good building block for for a game. And just driving the ship and finding <laughs> the treasure and goofing off and fighting people while you do it, like I, it feels different than a lot of games. I think it's a good starting point. So something else I want to bring up in terms of the Sea of Thieves is have you heard about the, the big controversy? That's I, I joined the Sea of Thieves Discord to ask about like a bug I was having, and right. I could not uh, type words because it would immediately scroll uh, up from all the arguments. There, there's a streamer who apparently like made no effort to learn how to play the game. He doesn't know how to block. And this isn't a game where you that's difficult to learn. There's very little right. <laughs> in terms of like stuff you can do. Um, he would just and he would just have people invite him to his to their parties where they would turn in treasure and then he would go to the next person and he just leveled to what is called Pirate Legend. Oh boy. And so he's the first Pirate Legend in the game, which accords him some kind of like special mention or celebrity in the world. And because he didn't get it legit, the <laughs> subreddit and the Discord are losing their fucking shit. But the arguments being... I would say there's kind of three different arguments where it's, it's exploiting... He should be banned right. is one end of the spectrum. The kind of middle end of the spectrum is like, yeah, it's kind of lame, but there's a game called Sea of Thieves with pirates thinking around corners. You know, it's, 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 it's tough to fault him. You know, he'll be led number one legend with an asterisk. And on the other side, we kind of had the ANCAP attitude where uh, everything is valid. You know, you just hate his success. Uh, poor people should be killed. That's the other end of the Sea of Thieves opinion spectrum. So, I don't know. What's your reaction to this, first First off? Um, it's interesting in that I think nobody should care this much about video games. <laughs> uh, because it's inherently like this meaningless, absolutely meaningless title or designation and the fact that other people are upset about it makes it, like, ten times funnier. Like, I, I think that this is... I was only half paying attention because at some point I zoned out because it was about 
the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever heard. But <laughs> it, it sounds to me like all these people who are getting upset are probably in the right. You know, um, this is a person who clearly didn't, he's not playing the game the way it's meant to, and is just like exploiting it to get further. But simultaneously, it's like, who gives a shit? It literally, it's like, oh, this guy cheated in a video game. Whoa. It's not even like he did it like a competitive game. This is like a casual game where you hang out with your friends. Why, why is this a problem? I'll tell you why it's a problem. It's because Pirate Legends, they get an extra song. Ooh. <laughs> All right, I'm on board with just completely fucking executing this guy now. All right, excellent. We kill That's... him, we take his song, we redistribute it to the proletariat. I wonder what the song is. What do you think the song is? Good... What if it was something really great? What if it was just like you get to play War Pigs on the accordion? Um, I mean, that would just force my idea that we should need to kill him, take his, take his song, take his account, so that we can play War Pigs on the accordion. The only way to hear War Pigs. The only way, and I think it's only you can only play it on the accordion. How it was meant to be played, really. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> that's that's what I think. I, was, I listen to War Pigs. I'm like, this is pretty badass. But what what if this was a weird ass wind instrument instead? Is what what kind of instrument is the accordion? Is that I have no idea how an accordion works. Do you know how it works? Can you explain uh, this to me? I think it's a woodwind. Think. Woodwinds? Yeah, I think they have like the inserts that like vibrate winds passed over them. You know what I would call a woodwind? That. When I fart through my erect dick. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> that's all we've got for the first episode of Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. I hope you enjoyed listening to this. <laughs> it was fun for us. We'll see. I think. I think it was a big success because I think that if anybody was on the offense after listening to us, they must think video games are the worst thing on earth. Our yeah. thesis is proven. Pretty much. We've conclusively ended the argument once and for all. Uh, that Now the centrists have all been knocked off their fences. They've come to huddle with us in the, the gloomy quagmire of knowing that video games are all inherently bad. And I think that we've made the world a better place. Absolutely. Well, I had a good time talking with you, Alton. Yeah. Um, and I hope uh, if anybody is listening to this, that they at least got something out of it. And uh, I think we should do another. Yeah, we, we probably will. Cool, man. Well, have a good night to you. And have a good night, everybody. Night.